0: I started getting into these writer groups on facebook and looking at the national novel writing month groups and these people who would take a week off of work mm-hmm. um, and go sit in a hotel room and you know write. <laughs> and i was just like i don't understand any of those words
1: if you're a busy mom but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on this podcast is here to help you achieve them my name is jackie and i'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer and the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world. And sometimes, actually all the time, it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother. Hello and welcome to another episode of These Moms Right. It's Jackie. If you haven't already done so, you can sign up for our podcast Facebook group by searching These Moms Right. This is your insider space where you can ask questions to show guests and talk to other listeners, all that good stuff. All right. So today I want to share an inspiring talk I had with Allie Gravett about how she left her six-figure corporate job. In digital media to create a more balanced life that now has room for her passions, creative writing in many forms, and nurturing an online community of fellow writing moms. Ali published her first collection of poems, Prison Breaks in March 2021, and her second Killing Ghosts in October 2021. With her unique position as a digital media expert and now a self-published author, Ali has some very valuable insights into how you can navigate social media as an author in a way that does not make you anxiety vomit. I promise. This woman is definitely a force of nature. And so, without further ado, please welcome Ali Gravit. Hello. Hello, Ali. Can you tell yeah. me about your new project, your launch just last month?
0: I can, yeah. Um, so, Killing Ghosts is the second collection and Poetry is something, it's funny until like after I published my first book, I never thought of myself as a poet at all, even though it's something Mm. I've always done. um, Mm. I never like thought to call myself a poet. It was just, well, I write stuff, (laughs) but the idea of calling myself a poet felt so lofty and strange. And I felt like I needed to have a different persona or I needed to take myself more seriously or I don't know, it, nothing ever felt, um, worthy of calling myself a poet.
1: Hmm.
0: So I, um, I I wrote my first book, which was Prison Breaks. And I put it out there and I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess if I have a published book, I can call myself a poet. And it still felt kind of strange, but I had all these other projects going and I have novels I'm working on and a hmm. nonfiction work I'm working on. And all of these other pieces. And for some reason, this second collection was just rattling around in my head. Mm -hmm. And I started writing it and it just kind of spilled out over the course of like two months. It's a lot heavier, I think, um, content wise. And Mm -hmm. as far as just the amount of words and the amount of poems in the collection than the first one, I think there was a lot more to say. And I kind of started to hit my stride with With creating and putting things out there. I'm really proud of proud of all the things I was able to say, um, say this time and it it, it's amazing how when you send these projects out into the world, it's terrifying and there's so much insecurity and emotional paralysis that comes (laughs) But at the same time, it's so liberating to just have these things not in your head anymore. They're all of a sudden on paper and other people can read them and it makes them more real and it makes them something that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty proud of. So yeah, it feels really good to, to have it out there. You dedicate it
1: to moms who write?
0: I dedicate it to basically any woman or any mother who is in that place where you feel like you're banging your head against a wall. You're, you're not doing enough or you're too Mm -hmm. much, or you don't fit into the boxes or you're not on the timeline that you thought that you would be on. Mm -hmm. And I think we have these expectations that come both from us and from the culture around us. And this project was very much about shedding that. And part Mm -hmm. of that for me was reaching out and realizing that I needed other people to connect with that were sitting in the trenches with me with, you know, nursing babies while trying to write novels or being interrupted 4,000 times a day for snacks and school (laughs) pickups and cleaning up messes and looking at mountains of laundry and dishes when all you want to do is sit down and put words on a screen. and. I, I put a call out there a little over a year ago and formed this group that I just called Moms Who Write because I was like, well, <laughs> somebody that that seemed like a natural name and so I started this group and it we're approaching 4,000 members now within a year and it's like it started to explode in the last like 2 months and It has been such a gift to me. I started getting into these writer groups on Facebook and looking at the National Novel Writing Month groups and these people who would take a week off of work Mm -hmm. um, and go sit in a hotel room and you know, (laughs) and I was just like, I don't understand any of those words. (laughs) None of that makes sense to me, and that is a life that I do not have right now. Like give me somebody who is sitting on the floor surrounded by blocks and balls flying by their head, trying to get their last 400 words in for the day. So it was purely a selfish call for friends, for people who were, you know, just trying to make something cool in the midst of the chaos. Mm. And so over the course of the year, I've made some really amazing friends and I've learned so much as a writer, as a self-publisher. I've learned all of the ins and outs so far. I didn't know anything going into starting this group. It was really just, I need friends. And <laughs> it has grown. It has been just such an anchor and such a source of inspiration and education mm. and encouragement. So yeah, a lot of this came from that. Cause I'm ta- like, these are the people that I'm talking to to the people in this group are, are me, you know, we're all in the same place. We all have these Mm -hmm. shared experiences and I just think it's really important to acknowledge that. And, um, I wanted to acknowledge the group as a part of that journey for me because they've been such a core part of that journey.
1: Yeah. I think it's so, it's so magical because I have heard that from a lot of writers that they're seeking community and you just made a gigantic one. (laughs) <laughs> well it's such a it's such
0: a solitary thing, right? Like we sit in our in our houses or our coffee shops and mm-hmm. we live inside of our heads so much as writers, right? Like there's not a lot of collaboration that goes on naturally when you're writing, writing a book or writing poetry. Mm-hmm. It, it tends to be a very internal process. And so people a lot of times and some people thrive in that. Some people don't want to be interrupted. They don't want anybody around them and you mm. know, good for them. I am not that person. Like and I think a lot of people are that way. Like at the end of the day, we want feedback. We want to like learn stuff. We want to talk about these characters or these storylines or these themes or whatever we're putting together. Like, you know, it consumes us. And so to not have a place To share that, or talk about it, or ask questions, I think is really limiting. I think there's so much power in taking that internal, you know, journey and sharing it with other people that are right alongside you. Yeah, uh, writers writers are a special breed. I think we tend to get way too into our heads sometimes, and it can be really
1: valuable to kind of jump out of that. Yeah, especially moms who are writing, because it is kind of a juxtaposition, isn't it? The introvert side of it, but then all this constant demands from the small people.
0: Yes, yes. you're never actually alone, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes. And so what do you feel that, um, as a writer that you've, you've gained from maybe that community?
0: Well, I think there's, I mean, there's inherently a source of encouragement, right? Like when you get stuck, just having somebody to talk something through with or finding somebody that can, Hey, does this resonate? Does this say what I think it says, you know, what does that make you feel? Mm. What is that, you know, does this make sense or, you know, I don't know anything about, you know, HVAC units. And for some reason, one of my characters is installing an HVAC unit. So like, where do I even go to find this information? (laughs) Right. Like, and just having that to bounce off of, I think it makes you a better writer. I think it makes you um, more comfortable in your own skill set, and, you know, realizing that you have things to offer and you have experiences and you have knowledge that you can pass along. But at the same time, there's, you know, tons of other people out there that are willing to share with you as well. And I think, you know, from, from the more, more cerebral perspective, being able to dive into different themes or think about my nonfiction work with people and and ask people about their experiences and understanding like where they are, what their motivations are and why they're doing what they're doing um, Mm. is really powerful. And then I think from a purely functional and practical perspective, being able to ask questions about, you know, cover design or release dates or going back and forth on like, hi, I've submitted this to Spark five times and they keep rejecting it and I don't understand what a color, whatever is <laughs> and why is it embedded in my PDF and how do I remove it? And like the technical stuff, like from a purely practical perspective, not having mm-hmm. to battle that on your own mm-hmm. um, is really amazing because <laughs> it's really great to have people to go to when, when you have questions that, you know, it would take me three days to answer on my own Mm -hmm. and somebody else can help me handle it in 30
1: minutes. Yeah. Yeah. it's amazing. It's so invaluable. I wish I had access to that group when I was first (laughs) self-publishing.
0: Yes. Yes. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of different groups and a lot of different things out there for different reasons. And, you know, I think everything sort of serves a purpose and you kind of have to find like what works for you in this moment. What are you looking for? Um, because it probably is out there. And if it isn't out there, create it. Because Mm -hmm. if you're looking for it, chances are somebody else is too. It it can be scary to kind of take that jump and like, hi, I, you know, need to find somebody in my genre. I want to understand my genre better, you know, creating those reading circles, or we've had a lot of like, um, beta reading circles and, uh, writing circles kind of evolve out of this group as well, which is amazing. People, you know, four or five, six people that share chapters as they're writing their stories and get feedback as they go. And it's, it's, it can be really powerful when you find that space where people that, you know, are, are like you and are doing the same things as you can, can share that experience and learn and grow together.
1: And what's your future vision? I know you have the anthology coming out. The anthology is a big step
0: for us because when you have access to that many writers, it's kind of hard to figure out what to tap into, right? Like there's so many genres, people are at so many different stages, so many different types of writing, you know, and and I struggled with where, where do we focus? You know, how do we do something cool that we can share, but at the same time, stay on mission? And so for me, I didn't want it to be another mommy book. You know, there are a lot of those out there, people talking about motherhood, but to me, that's kind of just part of the journey, right? Like we're moms and that is a core element of who we are. But at the same time, you know, you were somebody before you were a mom and you're going to be somebody when your kids are grown. And what does that look like? What are the things that drive you? What are the experiences that shaped you? Do you have a career outside of your house? Are you, you what walls have you hit? Have you changed your mind? And I think all of those things, those experiences, I, you know, in my personal development, you know, I had a 13 year career in digital media that I walked away from two years ago and, you know, never thought that I would be, you know, home kind of freelancing and writing, but it's been a really powerful um, step for me in my journey. So I think everyone has those moments that kind of shape who they are and where they're going. And that's kind of what this anthology was born out of was, you know, getting people to kind of resonate and tell those stories. It seemed like a natural place to start because I think there's power in that shared experience Mm
1: -hmm.
0: beyond that you know, we're going to, we're going to donate all the proceeds from this, which I'm really excited about. I'm a Dolly Parton fangirl and living in Tennessee and going to school for music and all the things I did, like she is just, you know, she looms over the entire state of Tennessee and the Southern (laughs) United States. Right. And so being able to donate to imagination library is really cool. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what imagination library is, you should go look it up. But basically they donate books to kids, And it's a program where families can sign up and get a book sent to them every month. So I'm excited to help that out, you know, have a cause and have a mission there. The next step, you know, there's so many things that we've talked about doing. Like, you know, do we start our own press? Do we, you know, keep putting out anthologies? Do we offer training and development? Do we offer like, what what is the next step? And I don't know. I think it's going to be an organic evolution. For now, it makes sense to help us elevate our authors um, by giving them a place to publish by creating a work that helps people feel seen and that's the first step and we'll see where this goes and maybe it's a fiction anthology maybe it's a poetry collection maybe it's you know whatever comes next i think we've built a really amazing core of people who are excited to be a part of a group who are excited to grow who are excited to develop their own writing Um, and share their voices but are also really willing to to listen and learn as well so it could go a lot of different directions if you asked me a year ago if we would be like publishing books together I would have said absolutely not (laughs) so I think I think we're just starting though I think we're just at the beginning of whatever's gonna come
1: yeah, it's, yeah, you're the, the group to watch. I'm, I'm really excited to be part of that journey too. It's, it's been wonderful being part of the group. So you mentioned your shift from your 13 year corporate job yeah. in digital media. Like tell me more, yeah. I'm just so fascinated by this jump so, you've made.
0: I worked in, it was actually grassroots media, political stuff um, in DC for a few years. And I moved from there into nonprofit journalism And really just wanted to get out of Washington. So I ended up taking a job in Atlanta, which was um, with a much, much larger corporation and they were launching a national news product. And so I took a managing editor job there and ran a national newsroom there and created content and was over all the digital strategy and social and all of that stuff for them for five years. That project closed and I ended up in broadcast media doing their digital strategy stuff. And the last year I was there was the year my my son was one to two and it was the hardest year of my life trying to navigate being in an office 40, 50 hours a week and coming home and momming and all of those other pieces. And I was so miserable. And that's honestly when I started um, writing. My first NaNoWriMo hmm. was that month because I was so like creatively dead And I was so frustrated and I was so anxious. And I knew that that is not where I was supposed to be. So I started just in my own, you know, ADHD, completely (laughs) unfocused way. I just started writing stuff and trying to figure out what the next step was. And there was a natural evolution when my boss got fired and the company was acquired by someone else and all of this management shift happened. And I was like... I'm out guys. I can't do this anymore. And my husband was like, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Huh. And the next day, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Wow. So so we were like, cool. I guess this timing is what it was supposed to be and um that's when the writing kind of started to come into focus a little bit more and I realized like everything I'd done, all of these digital jobs and things I'd had over the years had very much come from my, my desire to write. And I started blogging and built a presence on social media. And they were like, oh, wow, you have 40,000 followers on Twitter. You must know what you're doing. And, you know, back in 2009, I started getting digital jobs just based on my own digital presence. And it just kind of all kind of came full circle when I realized I'm like, all of this other stuff was incidental of me just wanting to write. And that's what it always came back to. So yeah. Then of course, you know, trying to answer that question of like, what is it? What does it look like to be a writer? Like I've always written. I did columns, and I
1: mm-hmm.
0: ghost wrote speeches, and I, you know, did mm-hmm. blogging, and I did news creation, and I did all of these things in poetry, and I was a songwriter for a long time. My 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 first job was actually in music publishing in Nashville. Um, so all of these pieces, and like they all kind of feed in to writing. I've always been a writer, but do I have to write novels to be a writer? Do I like, what is Mm. it to be Mm. a writer? And I still haven't answered that question. So, (laughs) but I think, you know, as I go, just trying to be more true to my family and my own abilities and my own passions and realizing that, you know, I have things to say and that it's, it's time for me in my, Mm my life to step back and there's no point in me being stressed out all the time and being anxious for for what like what was i getting out of that corporate job because i thought it was security but then i lost two of those jobs into in a what 13 month period because companies mm. closed or you know bosses got fired or whatever and i'm like nothing is secure so mm. i may as well do something that matters that i'm passionate about and that is going to help me uh, make some sort of difference. So that's how I landed here, and it it's scary because you build a, so much identity. I think culturally, we we put so much emphasis on our work and what mm. we do, and our you know our careers, and we're supposed to decide these careers while we're in high school, and then go to college and you know hone in on those careers. And nobody knows what they want to do at fourteen. Nobody knows what they want to do at eighteen or twenty, and kind of embracing that evolution was really scary. Um, But there's a lot of power in realizing that nothing is secure. So you may as well just go for it.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Right. So now you have the flexibility to do like, you're freelancing also? I'm freelancing a little bit. I have some contract work. I kind of do as much
0: or as little as I want. And um, I have time to be with my kids. I'm home. I work on books and that's... (laughs) And it's fantastic. And that are, you know, running through the room right now.
1: (laughs) What's this guy's name?
0: Who are you? Yeah, Jude. That's
1: right. Jude. Cool. (laughs) Nice. Hey, Jude. I'm Jackie. (laughs) So,
0: yeah, that's that was that journey. And it was, you know, it's a terrifying thing to, you know, unravel your own identity and what you always thought you were going to (laughs) be. you know, what you thought was secure and what you thought was the right thing and realize that it doesn't have to look like that at all. It could be a very different thing.
1: Absolutely. I think that is what a lot of the people are struggling with, a lot, especially the the writing moms. So you touched on um briefly your your digital experience and i think that is really exciting and unique because you know i see this on the facebook group is moms having this anxiety i think someone said specifically having social media anxiety but you have <laughs> you are uniquely situated because you're a writer and you get the whole yeah need, you know but you also have those skills like
0: i do and it's strange it's hard not to focus too much on social media right we we get wrapped up in okay well if you have 10,000 Instagram followers, then you're going to be able to sell all the books and, you know, it's going to be so helpful. And, and that's true. It can be, but not if your audience is wrong, not Mm. if you're not paying attention to who you're reaching or how you're reaching them. Not if you're, there's so many pieces that go into a good, like social strategy. Mm -hmm. and it's not just about the number of followers and it's really easy to get caught up in like algorithms and trends and likes and shares and who's paying attention to me and who's not. And I think it can be beneficial and that kind of has come naturally to me because I've done it my whole career. So it's easy for me to start building digital footprints. It's easier for me to build online community because that has been my career. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I, I understand why people think it's so important and, and I'm not going to say it's not because I have seen a lot, of, a lot of people do really, really well building social platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's not the end all be all, right? And so I don't want people, I never want people to feel like they have to have 50,000 followers on Instagram and TikTok to be successful in this space. You really just don't. Um, it's, you know, it's a skill in and of itself and I, you know, I care about it and I, I, I I have it, but, you know, I think that having good marketing and good branding and, um, you know, good advertising background is just as valuable. I think it's all part of the equation and you can kind of figure out, you know, what the right way is for you, because there's not a path to success. There's not a path to selling a million books. Everybody's got their own way and it's going to look different. And your journey is going to look really different from mine. And that's really okay based on who we're trying to reach and what we're trying to accomplish. You know, I'm in a unique place with it. And I understand that not everybody has, you know, 13 years of digital branding experience, but I think it's really okay if you don't too.
1: (laughs) Totally. But what would you, what would be your tips for those people? Like, I know you have, you have TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and then of course the Facebook, but
0: figure out where you're comfortable, figure Mm -hmm. out where you're comfortable. Um, some people, the idea of doing short videos on TikTok makes them want to die. And I totally understand that. And that is a completely valid thing to think about. Like writers by nature are introverts. Right. And so the idea that we're like, suddenly expected to create content and dance in front of a camera makes a lot of people want to cry and they get so (laughs) overwhelmed by that idea that they just shut down and don't do it yeah and it really is okay if tiktok isn't your thing it's fine. But also you don't have to just dance in front of a camera to be successful on TikTok and finding the right people can make a really big difference. So I I personally right now focus on Instagram. It's been the most consistent for me. And I think that there's a really strong community there, but I'm also a lot more comfortable with sharing long captions and creating beautiful images and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, If somebody just wants to talk to a camera and is funny and has an engaging personality, like TikTok might be a better fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people want to focus on connecting with industry people. They want to talk to agents. They want to talk to editors. They want to talk to publishers. They want to talk to other people in the business Twitter's going to be the place for you because it's mm. all engaging in conversation. And back in the political and media space, we always talked mm. about influencing the influencers, right? You're, you're not on Twitter to reach the masses necessarily. You're on Twitter to reach the producers and the um, content creators and the reporters mm. and the radio personalities. And those are the people that are going to find your work and pull it in and give you a broader audience, right? So that was always my thought on Twitter is you're influencing the influencers. You're reaching the people at the top of the chain in hopes that you can expand your audience to what they're doing as well. Mm. If that's your approach and you can be witty and engage and converse all the time, Twitter is going to be your platform. Mm. And for some writers it works really well for them. For me, Twitter is the one that makes me want to die. (laughs) So I kind of abandoned my Twitter a long time ago. It still exists, but I just, I can't mentally go there. Mm. And and it's impossible to be on top of all of them, right? You're never going to create three Instagram posts and three TikTok videos and tweet all day and be up on your Facebook groups and your Facebook marketing and all of the things that you're supposed to like, That would be your entire job. That is a (laughs) full-time job. I've had that job, right? Literally a full-time job. So if writing is not full-time for you yet, and you don't have a staff, (laughs) like which 99.5% of us don't, right? Yeah. just pick what you can do, decide what you can do, find a way that works for you to do it and don't get caught up in the number of posts or the length of your posts or keeping up with an algorithm or trend. Like just be consistent, find a system that works for you and roll with it. And it's going to be okay. (laughs) It's going to be okay. Stop devoting all of your writing time to staying alive on social media.
1: Yeah, that's very good advice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy for us to get stuck in it, especially when you get into these groups and you start seeing other people have so much success with this. And well, why can't I do that? And maybe they have a different audience than you. Maybe their target's different. Maybe their message is different. Maybe their personality is different. And it just works better for them to fall into a certain place. So. Yeah. There are a lot of different, a lot of different elements. And I think, you know, being okay with accepting that you don't have to be all things
1: is a really important step in this journey. Yeah. As mothers and as writers, as women, mothers,
0: writers, as marketers, as publishers, as whatever we end up doing, like nobody's going to be really good at all the things and you just Mm -hmm. have to learn what your strengths are and be confident and comfortable with that. And let that compensate for the places that you can't.
1: Yeah. That's, that's some good advice. Okay. Here's a question. And I've been asking this to all my podcast guests. Like, so thinking to Allie, um, of, I guess a few three, say three years ago, 2018, when you, when she just decided to quit her corporate yeah. job, which is probably, let's be honest, like a dream job for many people. That's, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, know, you were at the top man that's that's an awesome career that you built um like what advice would you give to that alley today
0: it's not worth the stress and nothing is ever secure because a pandemic could hit tomorrow and everything could be derailed right so there's no point in fighting for these arbitrary, like wins that, you know, may or may not matter in six months or a year or five years. I think, you know, setting goals is really important, but they need to be based on your own your own experience and your own life. Don't let other people's timelines. And I, I I talked to somebody not too long ago who had it in her head that she wanted her first book out by 25 and she was 24 and she was devastated that she wasn't close to getting her book published. And it wasn't looking like she was going to get it out by the time she turned 25. And I was like, girl, like, it's really okay. Like, don't let that, don't let that arbitrary number defeat you. Like that just, it like hurt me (laughs) to Mm -hmm. hear her sound like she had failed because she had this timeline and she didn't get there. Everything is going to look different. Um, when you actually start the process. And so I was terrified because I, because, cuz you're right it was a dream job i was making you know six figures and i had great benefits and i had you know i spent my 20s on the road traveling i got to go everywhere we would you know do crazy things and it was awesome <laughs> and there was a lot about it that was really cool but my life changed and my family mm. changed and It was okay for my vision of success to change along with that. Mm -hmm. And so not putting myself through the ringer over, you know, making sure I had a job that paid as much when, you know, when I sit down and did the math, I was like, I'm not even really saving that much, like, because I'm, you know, paying for childcare, I'm outsourcing all of these things. I was making myself crazy and putting myself into therapy for my anxiety and all these other things. And I'm like, why am I even doing this? Like I would be so much happier. I'm so much more stable and fulfilled. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better human. I'm a better friend. And, you know, I had, no idea that a pandemic was coming, but I couldn't have imagined trying to make the shift to working from home and doing a job and trying to keep kids alive and do all those things too. And it just, it all works out, worked out the way it was supposed to work out. And I think we put ourselves through so much unnecessary stress through transitions when really like change is a good thing. And it could really be a lot better, even if you think it's not. (laughs) So that, that would be my advice is to not spend six months stressing about whether or not to quit and just make the decision and do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a brave thing. It's a brave thing that you did.
0: Well, we all, we all get to a point where you have to decide what what's worth it and where you actually want to go. And if, if what you're doing isn't going to take you where you want to go, then do something different. Yeah. That's my soapbox. I was, I was really, (laughs) never for a second regretted, uh, regretted making that change when I did, it was really important for all of us and as scary as it was. And, you know, as hard as it is to give up part of your identity and, you know, when you invest so much of your life into a career and a job and building something really cool, walking away from it is really intense. (laughs) It's really intense, but there's, there was so much other cool stuff on the other side of it.
1: Yeah. I love that, Ellie. That is so beautiful. Well, I just want to thank you for doing that because I know that so many writers, moms have just flourished thanks to the community building that you've done. And because you were used that, you know, arsenal of digital skills to, to bring moms together and like, wow. It's just amazing.
0: It's good to hear because it did start as a selfish call for friends. And it's it's really, it's really cool to see it become a gift to so many people because I do see so many people saying I've left all the other writing groups because people are so jaded or so mean. And, you know, that's the one rule I really have in the group is just be nice. That's right. Don't be a jerk don't be a jerk respect where people are respect the decisions that they make just because their journey is not the same does not mean that they are doing it incorrectly and you don't need to educate them in every post you know like it's really okay to just let people make their decisions and be excited about what they're doing if they want help then they will ask for help and you can help them move forward but Yeah. It's been, it's been really cool to kind of see the evolution and it wouldn't be what it is if people weren't so cool in there. You know, everybody has just been so kind. And I always kind of say like, this is the group that really doesn't need that much moderation. Like we have moderators and we have a team in place that helps watch and field some messages and that sort of thing. But when you have a core community and you establish that core value of support and growth and celebration, I think that kind of feeds into every conversation that happens in that space. And that's always been the
1: intention there. Well, yeah, it's working. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Allie, for your time. Thank you. All right. So that conversation was very energizing for me. I hope it was for you too. So here are the top takeaways. Number one, being a writing mama can be messy and frustrating, but you are not alone. So find your people. They will be your superpower. Number two, there are many, many different online groups available. Find one that suits you. And if you can't find one, create it. Number three, You don't need to do all the different social media. Use the channels that are fit for you. If you are outgoing and love being on camera, try TikTok. If you are witty and want to influence the influencers, head over to Twitter. Whatever the social, be consistent. That was number four, by the way. And number five, there is life beyond KDP. It's called Ingham Spark and it has many benefits of its own, especially for getting access to actual bookstores. And number six, do it messy and let go of all of those expectations that are holding you down. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we do have that Facebook group check it out. Also, I'd love to hear what you think about the show and what you want to hear more of. This show is really for you moms, so let me know. There's a link to my feedback form and everything else I've mentioned here in the show notes. Please follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. I know you're super busy, so it means the world to me. Until next time, happy writing.